how many 90s kids out there remember 2012? It was a great year. You know, it was, it was the year of Benghazi. It was the year that Bill Maher went on TV after Benghazi and was like, I'm more, I'm as tolerant as anyone, but I'm sick of Muslims killing people because of cartoons. He's so brave. That was brave. He, he, Glenn Greenwald actually was on that episode and like shit on him. But, oh yeah, uh, that was, I remember that. That was so good. That was like, Glenn was so fucking base back then. Holy shit. He was zooming, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a certain time in America. It was the end of the war on terror, uh, or the former, the formal war on terror, the Bush war on terror. It was the start of the Obama war on terror. And it was the start of a very complicated, uh, liberal liberalization of the image of the CIA. And the show that we are doing this week, um, I'm having, of course, Hassan Piker on. Uh, I, I, I decided I would subject him to this utter dog shit. Oh, yeah. He, he remembers this time like I do. We're doing Homeland. It's a very interesting show. Homeland is, it was made by a guy named Gideon Raft, who based Homeland off of uh, Hatufin a similar series he did on Israeli TV. And Gideon is not just, he's not just a random Israeli. His dad was an economic advisor to the Israeli embassy. When Gideon went back to Israel to do his mandatory service, he was a paratrooper. He was a band of brothers. And in the late 90s, when he gets out, he goes into the tech business right before the dot-com bubble burst. But this being around like 1999, 2000, uh, you could just, you know, you, you didn't need like eight unpaid internships. And he immediately goes to New York City and becomes a co-director on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. This leads to him doing The Killing Floor, which was like, I, I remember being a decently received thriller. And then he goes back to Israel. And when he goes back to Israel, he starts studying indigenous Jewish show business techniques. Indigenous TV <laughs> magic of the Israeli. He does Hatufin, which is a show about a prisoner of war. An Israeli one who gets turned, who gets Muslimized during captivity. And people love Hatifin, and he gets clouded up. And Hollywood is like, Gideon, come back. We need you to do this show, but do it for Americans. And we need you to do it with uh, uh, Damien Lewis, Band of Brothers. He also made Tyrant around this time, which is a did not fare as well as Homeland did. It is a show about the Assad family, basically, but is far worse acted and far more nakedly propaganda than Homeland is. So it only went one season. It sort of had the FX curse of being buried, you know, with similar shows. But Homeland was in its own way genius. I think it's um, I think Chris should put in the thing right here of the CIA ad where the, the girl says she's a millennial with anxiety and imposter syndrome. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, a proud first generation Latina and officer at CIA. Because that all came from this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This um, for people who don't know, for, you know, large portion of our audience that was born in 2012. This is a show that is mainly about Carrie Matheson played by Claire Danes. She's a CIA operations officer who is bipolar. <laughs> I love this. I, I, look, I, first of all, can I just start off by saying you've given me irreparable brain damage? Uh, I, I watched this. I watched, I think, like one show back in, 
like one episode of this back when it first came out. And back then I was like, I'm in college. I'm a liberal. I'm getting laid. I don't really care. I don't really care too much. You know what I mean? I like, I want like universal health care. Well, not universal health care, like a nationalized health care system. But like, yeah, I, I don't think too much about it because I was just like I had turkey brain, you know, it's like, yeah, Americans are weird. Um, and I watched one episode of that and I was like, yeah, this seems kind of weird. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. And I didn't even notice like the whole, you know, the big reveal or the Islamophobia of the show at all. Like I just, it totally was lost on me. So like rewatching it now, the first season, I think it just, it broke my brain a little bit. It, it was, it was very, very interesting, very interesting stuff on the first season. Yeah. Yeah. No. So in the episodes we watched, like you watch the episode where they do, you know, Sergeant Nicholas Brody, he's back in America. Everyone's thrilled. And they show some scenes that like they uh, they give you a tell like something's up. Something's not quite right. And then the big reveal, ominous music, dark scene, Brody in his garage, <laughs> kneeling on the prayer rug <laughs> and reciting shit in Arabic. That's like, uh oh, he turned Muslim over there. He was spitting. He was actually spitting. He's a we've talked about this on my stream earlier, but like he is a method actor. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he actually said the Shahada and became Muslim just for the duration of the show. Absolutely. I mean, like Damian Lewis is he's a goat. He's like he's the Tom Brady of Showtime. Like he's carried so many fucking Showtime shows that like honestly would not survive if not for him. He's just he's a franchise player. You can hang a not that good show around him because he always shows up and does what he needs to do. I mean, he I don't think there was any pork on his fork during the entire time he was in the show. It was like two seasons. Yeah. Great. I mean, look, he is he's not like how do I do he's like a Woody Harrelson type. I almost feel like where he's like it's not his good, handsome looks that's keeping him afloat. You know what I mean? It's his it's his no, acting chops. No. Yeah, it's. For those who don't know what Damian Lewis looks like, he's like um like six seven and the most ginger man on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And like, it like some somehow he's able to play like a special forces soldier who works for Al Qaeda and like a cool like street billionaire and billions. And you never you never look at him and go, eh, that's like He's kind of too red to do all these things. No, I, you believe I, was, him. I was wrong. He's six foot one. And also he's not First of all, he's Welsh, so you know automatically that's you know that's interesting there. But he is he's so ginger. Like the way I describe it to my brother was he's so ginger that he's like his eyelashes are like white, like they're a different color. That's yeah, how ginger he is. He is fucking. He is kissed by fire. The fucking yeah. the Welsh dragon spit all over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He but like you know if you you know if you were out there if you're one of the many Israeli Americans that listen to this or watch this on stream and you're like, how do I make a show? Um, just put Damian Lewis in it. It'll go for like at least five seasons. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's yeah he's he's Nicholas Brody. He's been in Afghanistan for years. He's been a captive. Everyone's thrilled he's back. But then Carrie Matheson, who you know she faces. Um, you know, men taking credit for her work at her job of just incinerating the poorest people in the world, just like doing reality winter stuff, getting 500 bodies a month. You know, men are taking credit for her. People think less of her uh, and she's struggling. You know, she needs medication. Uh, it's, it's not easy to face mental illness. And she's like, 
there's there's something up with this guy. She has a uh, she has kind of a older mentor figure in the agency, uh, who is Saul Berenson. He's played by Mandy Patinkin, another franchise player. Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is like man. You look at the cast of this show; they kept this fucking turd afloat. They really they they really sold this. Like everyone, everyone from Carrie to Abu Nazir is like, man. And I don't think just some Tom, Dick, and Harry could have done this. But um, she starts she starts looking into Brody. And Saul is like, what the fuck are you doing? This is like a war hero where you're already on thin ice because everyone thinks you're crazy and you're a woman. And then <laughs> this is what I like about this show is that it was very early in like CIA-approved productions learning out how to cynically use Idpol because they like Carrie's response to this is to immediately try to fuck Saul. And he's like, you're gross. Like go away. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a really cool moment. Cause it comes completely out of nowhere. Like this is a relationship that they've supposedly cultivated like a, like a dynamic where, you know, Saul is the boss and like, you, and she is like his most trusted person. And then she just tries to fuck him. Like that was, <laughs> They really dropped the ball on that, I think. Like, they, they kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's in, like, the second episode. <laughs> it's, like, in the second episode, like, these people have presumably known each other for, like, 12 years. They've, like, done, like, things they would never admit to anyone. They've done, like, horrible, insane things that they, like, obviously self-rationalize and are, like, it, you know, if we didn't do that, that's American lives, blah, blah, blah. And without even thinking, they're not even like, we're going to fire you. She, he's just like, people will be mad at you. Like, you're going to get in trouble. She's like, like, what if I suck your cock? <laughs> <laughs> like a 36-year-old woman doing that. I mean, it was, it was very cool that, you know, it, it's obviously, you know, listen, uh, as if this was written by women, Sweaty, if there were more women in the writer's room, that would not have passed the, you know, that would not have. That would not have made the final cut, okay? So this yeah, is yet a, another example a, for diversity. It is a very interesting choice. It is like, you know, you see that and you're like, what the fuck is this character supposed to be? Like, like out of nowhere. Is it, yeah, you like, there's a ton of stuff in that, like that in there because like I watched this entire first season. I watched all of season two when it was out, you know, when I was a kid. I think I used like, I think I was like one of the last things I torrented probably. And I remember at the time, like being in college and like not getting laid, but like being like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I was still like a lib who, you know, wants nationalized healthcare, but was, I was very anti-war, but I was at that time, I was like, well, yeah, the like politics of this are bad, like fuck the war on terror. And like, I'm already like soured on Obama, but like, this is just such a, it's like such a fun, suspenseful show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, you, yeah, you have American soldiers that are, you know, reading the Quran. This is, this is like threat level midnight, dude. <laughs> it doesn't get, any, yeah, doesn't get any worse than that, dude. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Like, you know, scarier, scarier than the guys like doing uh, the GD pitchforks graffiti in Iraq in 2007. But yeah. I don't know, like going back watching it, I was like, I was like, I don't think excited is the right word, but like 
you know, relieved. Relieved that I was going to watch something I'd already seen and relieved that, you know, for as awful as it's like politics are and as cynical, like zero in a zero dark 30 way it is, that it would at least be like exciting, you know, exciting and fun in the way that like justified is. But I going back now, it's like an adult, like, you know, in Pederitz's uh, parlance, a fully adult man. I, I it just it the the clunkiness of everything else took away from all the suspense plots. You know, like, is Carrie going to get this bugging device on this guy? Are they going to be able to flip this guy who is at their, you know, they have that CIA Ghislaine Maxwell character. The double agent that Carrie uses, and oh, like, yeah. oh, are they going to be able to like blackmail this evil guy? And it's like it's like very competent, you know, thriller, middle brow TV horror shit. But it's her end was way worse than Gillian Maxwell's, by the way. That's not like like Gillian Maxwell got out good. You're you're talking about the lady who's like is is you know pimping out like other young twenty year old uh, the women to the prince guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have yeah the the like. 29 year old woman who Carrie flipped who's like yeah runs a high-end uh escort ring and think yeah I love she just I, I love that I, I don't want to like you know harp on too many of the tiny details but like one thing I do love about that is that like she's doing that not because of uh I don't know any sort of intricate uh there, there's no like there's no like illegal activity that she was caught doing and that's why she had to do this She's doing it because like she she has a sense of pride and and loyalty to the American state. Like she's doing this and spying on the the chic guy while also pimping out other women to the chic guy specifically because it, maybe I misunderstood it, but specifically because like she loves America. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. They Which like pretty they're, funny to they're think working. Of. Yeah, they're working really hard on that. Like you know, liberal war on terror angle of like, oh, we actually love this country more. Yeah. We're actually like bigger fans of it. So yeah, they, they, <laughs> Carrie like gets this poor woman killed. We find out Brody is Muslim. Uh, Brody starts gearing up to run for Congress. And this is when things kick into high gear because the thinking is like, well, if Brody, like Brody, the war hero, if he becomes like the rap from Nova, if he gets the Eric Cantor seed, He's just going to be able to like suicide bomb the president. And that's when, yeah, Carrie is like, <laughs> Carrie's like, oh my God, I got to stop taking my pills. I guess that's like the opposite. I guess if you have exactly Carrie's intersections of mental illness, not taking your pills is the same thing as taking Adderall. You're yeah. just in a like, yeah, constant state of producing your own Vivans. Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought it was interesting about that in particular was that you know it's the mental it's the stigma of having mental illness that uh that was stopping her from actually you know uh, coming out but i guess the cia no longer cares about that right like you can you can you be bipolar now and be in the cia like openly i don't think bipolar i feel like if you could be bipolar or like schizophrenic and be in the cia they would absolutely put that in an ad but <laughs> i that's why, like, in that ad, the only mental illnesses people have are, like, yeah, depression and... Imposter and, like, syndrome. You know, yeah, no, <laughs> they, have, like, a, they have, like, a new disease that WebMD invented in 2021 that's called, like, youngest child disorder, shortest cousin disease. 
You can, I, I don't I don't think they let you be bipolar. I think that they've like loosened up rules about drug use. Um just because it's like who are you going to find? You're going to find a fucking weirdo. <laughs> so well, they, is, is they got stuck with uh, yeah, they got stuck with all those alcoholic from. Mormons. Yeah, yeah. is who they're recruiting from too is like you, you got like fucking liberal Yale graduates that you want to be a part of your your agency and like a lot of those kids are you know they're they're coming from like upper middle class uh or even uh like wealthy families you know what i mean like you're not going to you're not going to get like there's going to be a lot of that there regardless people are just like more aware of it yeah and yeah get medicated like, for it i think like the real purpose of that test honestly like this is a digression but i think it's to like find someone who either is like a weird nerd that you can convince into doing anything which is you know why in the golden age the cia had famously alcoholic mormons and teetotaler catholics uh or someone who's like at least with it enough to when they're asked that question will just lie yeah but but uh still unfortunately i do not think you can maybe you can i don't know i feel like the rules are different like i don't think though that you can be like bipolar and be there Dependent, I think like you could. You, there are some things you could do, but I don't think you could like be in the field per se. But um, you know, regardless, Carrie's in the field. Carrie has like a, a, a search warrant on Brody, and it's running out. So she, um, <laughs> yeah, the the her her surveillance guy is named Virgil. <laughs> she gets this like awful bald man named Virgil to help her wiretap Brody illegally. And she's kind of like paying him out of pocket is sort of like a black budget, like violating posse comatitis, uh, item. And th they're wiretapping Brody. Meanwhile, Brody is, you know, he doesn't necessarily feel the heat being turned up by Carrie yet at this point. So early in the show, but there, there is some heat on him. You know, he's always he's in contact with Abu Nazir's guys. He's, you know, he's concealing details about his detainment. Like he's hiding these scars he has from being beaten. No one knows he's Muslim yet. Uh, and he's he's running for office and he starts snapping a little like there's a paparazzi guy that comes to their house to take pictures and Brody like beats the shit out of him. He he there's a dinner party and Brody just gets, gets the fucking pole and ups the pole on a deer and blows its brains out in front of everyone. And his long suffering wife, Jessica, uh, played by what's this actor's name? Oh, uh, um, she's hot. I love she's her. So fucking hot. She, and she's been in tons of shit like this, like middle brow shit. She's so, uh, she's beautiful. I love her. She's fire. Marina Bachran. That's her name. I like forgot her name. Uh, she's so fucking fire. And, you know, she's got her own problems because we're finding out that, you know, Brody's been gone for eight years. She just figured that he's dead because, like, why wouldn't you think that? And she's been getting piped down by Brody's homie, by Mike. Mike Faber, who looks like, played by, uh, well, this is a hell of a name, Diego Klatinoff. Uh, <laughs> looks like sort of a you know, like a great value, nice brand, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, no, he's Matt Damon's ugly brother that no one knows about. That's what it looks like. Yeah, he's been he's been uh, getting clown from her this entire time. And it's, you know, it's a bad situation. Brody's back. Brody's alive. Brody's Muslim. And, you know, 
he's not about to do the devil's threesome. Not now, not after, not after being in Afghanistan and converting to Dio Bondi in Islam. No way. But, you know, temperature, temperature's up. Uh, Carrie starts following Brody around, though. Um, she follows him to, like, a veteran, like, AA for veterans, I guess. Um, and she recognizes him from when he was debriefed, when he gets back. But then, like, Carrie, I guess this is Carrie's, like, uh, special move. This is her combo. She was in Guilty Gear, one of those games. She immediately just starts flirting with him, and it works. <laughs> she completely diffuses it. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about specifically was like how Muslims and like the Islamic world in general is depicted. And I guess like it's very commonplace for 2012 uh, or whenever the whenever the show originally aired where like every there was a point in time when it was just like if you're brown, if you're like if you're Muslim, you're like automatically villain. You're, you're automatically the villain. You're like vilified. And like the depiction of like areas, uh, even places like fucking Beirut and and places that are not like places that do not look like bombed out, like carved out rubble, uh, you know, backwards uh, uh, parts of the Middle East that were, have been completely eviscerated by Western imperialism uh, were made to look like exactly that. Like they were they were made to look a, a certain type of way. It's just like every part of it. Every part of it from, you know, the the creepy music that plays every time, like, uh, Brody is, is uh, you know, praying. Like, every part of that, all the way to the collective identity of, like, every Muslim is the same and how they coordinate with one another was really interesting to see. It was, like, I, I felt nostalgic, almost, where I, I felt as though... You know, I mean, I, I don't think they do that anymore as much. Maybe I'm wrong, but like that kind of stereotyping, it, it doesn't happen as much anymore. It reminded me of uh, something I watched recently, and I think we watched it together. The the WWE guys uh, that that oh uh, yeah yeah Muhammad yeah. Hassan um, yeah Muhammad Hassan who would like come on and give like a very like well thought out critique of the Iraq War, and then they would just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and he was like, and Muhammad Hassan, of course, was Mark Julian Capani, who is a American school principal, uh, now retired professional wrestler, uh, who is Italian. Like he was not, you know, he was not Muslim. He was not of that background at all. He's just like some Syracuse guy. Uh, he's a guy from Syracuse who's of Italian descent, and his guy, his his manager was Persian and Muhammad Hassan was supposed to be like this guy who is a terrorist or a sympathizer of terrorists, even though like he was right. He, he was supposed to be Jordanian Palestinian, but his, like he didn't know how to speak Arabic, obviously. And his manager was also, his manager was Persian and, and he would speak uh, Farsi like on stage <laughs> And I always found that to be so strange because it's like <laughs> these guys, I mean, they don't even like each other half the fucking time. You know what I mean? Well, like they, they're not communicating in each other's language. Uh, they're not. And I feel like you see that in the show, too, where there oh are my allegiances. God, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> there are allegiances crafted uh, that you pointed out that I find to be very, very interesting because it's like it, it goes back to the uh, was it David from? Who added the the line of Iran into the axis of evil? Yeah, uh, yeah. The thing that the thing that like um, stopped Iran from cooperating with us. 
yeah. in Afghanistan. Literally, yeah. Which I, I guess they kind of wanted, you know, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they ended up still like they ended up still fighting against uh, ISIS and and you know being like a, like an asset in the Middle East, regardless, an ally in the Middle East, regardless of what like the American media has portrayed her on as, right? And and it's just funny that like they they missed out on like one of the most significant like one of the most significant breakdowns in in uh, allegiances in that like in that regional conflict. Uh, like the ongoing geopolitical struggle between Sunnis and Shias uh, and, and having all of that be the exact same, like the connection between Al Qaeda and, and Iran and everyone is actually a part of the same thing because they're ultimately united under Islam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There. And Iran had like, you know, a motive outside of trying to please the United States in in Afghanistan. There was a ethnic minority of Shias that they really like felt that they, you know, whether for political reasons or like from the bottom of their hearts, like really felt like they had to protect. And it was sort of like a mutually agreed upon goal and Axis of Evil completely like obliterated that. But that's it's, you know, on its face, uh, you look at that and you go, that's a huge fuck up. But then you look at like, what was the point of Afghanistan really for the people that knew since the beginning, like the people running the war? I mean, yeah, the, the point was like the point was to never achieve concrete goals <laughs> like the like we let bin laden get away all these times it was just a 20 year fog where they could steal as much as possible but it is it's very interesting that this like more liberal show that's trying to take like a more liberal angle to you know sell obama voters of the cia just completely like accepts like the stephen hayes david from line that all the bad Muslims are working together, but there's also a certain type of perfect good Muslim who's highly westernized, and you can tell they're good because they don't live, as you, you, you've you pointed out, don't live in, like, the mud huts that all other Muslims live in. Oh, yeah. Like, any Muslim, any Muslim who isn't sufficiently like pro-America in all these shows, like, no matter how liberal they were, it, until, like, really, like, 2019... It portrays them as like living on dirt floor shacks. Like they just don't care, I guess. But then they, also they, they, you got to be afraid they're of animals. The, you also got to be afraid of the the bow tied or the the suit and tie Muslim too, because then the suit and tie Muslim is actually doing fifth column shit, where they're yeah, like, yeah they're like behind enemy lines and they're actually westernizing specifically with the express purpose of like you know destroying America from within. Oh, there is something very interesting in season two that I will I'll get to that. Yeah, you haven't seen, but it's <laughs> very telling. Um, so, yeah, no, there's uh, half of who carry tales and carry like tries to flip and fuck with are like, yeah, suit and tie Muslims where it's like, oh, I'm normal. And then they go home and like beat the shit out of their wife. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, none of them are normal. But uh, go, like going, but we're about like halfway through the season now. And the CIA wants to bring Brody in because they've captured this guy, Afsal Hamid. He's was a survivor on a raid on an Al-Qaeda compound. And they want him there because Hamid uh, supposedly tortured Brody when he was in captivity. They, you know, in front of everyone, they have this big like dust up and Hamid later kills himself. But Carrie's like, what the fuck? I don't trust this. I think Brody did something. I think Brody, Brody slipped him a razor blade so he could kill himself. So yeah. he can give anything up. And then Carrie like gives a polygraph to everyone who is in contact with Hamid, in, 
in, like including Brody, and she's you know Brody, Brody's Brody's a true double agent. He's 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 cool, but that cool can only last so long. He he goes over to Mike at the funeral for for Walker. Uh, oh, I didn't introduce Walker. My bad. Walker is uh, was he the drunk? <laughs> There's like a Greek chorus of Brody's friends uh, who are all drunk all the time. I don't think, no, Walker isn't like the drunkest one, but Walker is like one of, like a guy who was captured with Brody. Yeah, he's the- Oh, he's wait, oh, wait, the, he's, no, he's yeah, Brody, his, Brody beat Walker to death. Brody yeah, beats Walker to Tom death in the Walker, first episode. Thomas Patrick Walker is the Marine who was an active duty, and he was a, a scout sniper. He was like his, he was the guy who holds the binoculars, right? Or was Brody the one who was holding the binoculars? I guess he was the shooter. Yeah, Walker is the shooter. Brody, yeah, they're having the funeral for Walker and, you know, Brody feeling the heat again. You know, he's found out. He's found out from his daughter that Mike's been having an affair, that he's been he's been busting down Marina Bachran, giving her the back shots and just beats the shit out of him in front of everyone. You know, Brody, Brody's been acting awesome ever since he got back. Um, he immediately like, you know, everyone's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And he's like, I'm done. This family doesn't understand me. And he calls Carrie. And Carrie, like, the best thing you can do on antipsychotics gets wasted and fucks Brody. But while she's drunk reveals, like, why she gave him the lie detector. This is, like, Carrie's character. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is, like, an interesting suspenseful show. I'm, like, really gripped. And now when I watch it, I'm like, Carrie's character is, like, Counterterrorism D from Always Sunny. Like she fucking <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Good instincts though. It's amazing instincts. Like, yeah. After I mean, even the- even when she went to the AA meeting and then like continued on with the conversation, like uh after seeing him there, after seeing Brody there, I don't know if you remember that in the beginning, where like she's like attending an AA meeting, or not an AA meeting, I think it's a PTSD meeting, sorry, where they're talking about, you know. I guess she's talking about how she has PTSD or she's going to. And I couldn't tell if that was like organically, if she was supposed to be there or if she was like actually trailing him and like, you know, did one of those like random meetups, but it seemed like she was organically there. And that's why she walked away. Like even then she like establishes contact with him uh, from the jump in, in ways that, you know, totally compromise her position as a security operative. I guess someone who's supposed to be surveilling this person from afar. She really fucking blows it. Like she she gets drunk, she fucks him. She's hungover giving him a polygraph and you know, obviously like he passes all of it and then she asks him like have you ever been unfaithful to your wife? And he goes, "No, never." And like, you know, she just fucked him. So she's like, "Oh, I found out he's a liar." It's like you really took the long way there. <laughs> you really like um you have unorthodox and maybe not that effective methods. Uh, but anyway, you know, after the polygraph, after Carrie is like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking liar. It might be an Al Qaeda double agent who wants to kill the president. She goes off to have a dirty weekend with him in a cabin. (laughs) She's like, you know, I really fucked up, um, you know, flirting with and then banging the subject of my (laughs) investigation. This guy who I think could be potentially the most dangerous terrorist on U.S. soil. A guy who I illegally surveilled, like, and and trailed numerous times. Yeah, you know, that guy. Yeah, yeah. They (laughs) they have a fucking, they have a dirty weekend. They fuck. 
but like this is so sweet d i love how sweet d this is like after like the first day of their dirty weekend she's like oh i've actually been uh spying on you <laughs> like by like she doesn't mean to but she, she reveals it in a very sweet d way and then she's like well well like you know, I get you that you're mad, but I think that you're working for Al Qaeda. Huh. But Brody, yeah, Brody goes, well, well, I'm not. I am Muslim, though. And I, I did kill Walker. And I think Abu Nazir is cool, but I'm not in Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, because he was Hezbollah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was. Yeah. That was he was being truthful there because he's like, you know, I'm not. I'm actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm Hezbollah, not Al Qaeda. But in the of course, you know, it's same on the show. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, no. He's, um, you know, they get a lot done. Uh, and Carrie calls Saul and is like, well, it, it, you know, if you're not going to fuck me, uh, you know, look who, look who I got. Not really. But she's like, oh, my God, Saul. I've I found out so much. Um, Saul, he's a Muslim and he killed Walker. And Saul's like, actually, Walker's alive. Somehow. This is like... This is really like they jumped the shark pretty early. Walker is alive. They tell Walker's family, but not Brody. Um, <laughs> Walker is in D.C. And the start of the next episode, they show him like hooking up. You know, he get he he gets a little drop from a Savage suit and tie Muslim. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The you know, they don't fully establish what's going on here. But the FBI like tracks Walker down. Uh, <laughs> this is realistic. The FBI accidentally kills like two random Muslims trying to trick, like, walk Walker down in the mosque. That is quite, quite realistic. But Walker, you know, being another flipped Muslim, being another secret evil Muslim who's dealing with the student tie ones, he immediately gets a pole that they hid in the mosque because <laughs> that's where you keep it. And he's got like a PSG one, carries like, you won't believe this, Brody. But Walker's alive, and he's working for Al-Qaeda. Brody ends up just fucking stealing off uh, the suit and tie Muslim guy. Uh, and he's like, I'm, I'm done. This is, too many, this is too many lies and too much backstabbing. People are fake as fuck. I'm not working for Al-Qaeda anymore. Fuck you. I was, down, I was down to be a double agent and, like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, suicide bomb the president as a congressperson, even though I feel like there's better ways of doing that. But now that I've found out that Walker is alive, this is a step too far, I think. Yeah, it. no, it's <laughs> dude. people switch up on me too much. Yeah, being fake evil friends. Muslim. I dude, really need yeah, to be alone can, right now. I can't be doing this. I'm done. It's a, it is the perfect like guy who bitches about fake friends because it's like, well, yeah, I know that I'm like a double agent. I know that I like tried to beat my friend to death, but like, you know, I'm like nice to my wife. Oh, no, I would never lie like these guys did. Even though he did cheat like, on her. He did cheat on her, but like he knew that Mike, he, he was for you. That was, I think, after he found out that Mike was piping her down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And also, like, when an insane woman that's been spying on you is like, do you want to like go to a cabin? You you like, no man's going to say no. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Carrie's got gorilla grip for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Not even going to talk about the throat. Yeah. No, but, it's just, it makes sense. But. You know, Abu Nazir may not physically have a gorilla grip, but he has a mental gorilla grip. That's right. He has the good pussy of Islam. <laughs> because now now we're doing now we're doing flashbacks. 
I love and that because shows- like, that's the most compelling part, though. Felix is like, like these guys have such a stronghold and such a, uh, such a firm hold ideologically on these people that they've turned. Obviously, through torture and 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 brainwashing, like Manchurian Candidate style shit, but also because you know the good the the holy faith, like being reverts. I mean. When you think about it, Homeland actually is about how reverts are way, way, way more aggro than like, uh, you know, people who were born into the religion. So in that sense, I, I, I do see a little bit of uh, realism there. I mean, yeah. Isn't that like the guys who did the worst atrocities for ISIS were guys who were like, yeah, they oh, were, I'm like, re- I'm, yeah, I'm getting really back into being Muslim. Yeah. Reverse are, reverse are like they, I mean, they're like the, it's the same with every religion. Okay. Mike Pence. Used to be like a radio talk show guy, or still kind of is, but you know, or or had it for a long time. Born again Christian people who re, like people who find religion in their adulthood often do have like uh, you know the most uh, they're they're the most ride or die per se. So that's that's what the show's actually trying to show here. Yeah, I mean, it is it is an interesting like I don't think maybe this is a propaganda angle, but they are like. There is an implied thing of like if a charismatic enough Muslim talks to you, you will like you're fully hypnotized by Islam. Yeah, it, it yeah. can happen to anyone. <laughs> yeah, even someone who's uh, you know a marine sniper. Yeah, but yeah, so they show like um, a few years into Brody's captivity, Abu Nizir came in and was like, "All right, we're done fucking you up. You can sleep on the good dirt floor, and I'm your friend." And I'm going to have you teach English to my son. And they actually named the son Isa, which is the name of the Quran for Jesus Christ. Yep. But um, Brody's like, I miss my kid so much. I love Isa. He's a sweet little boy. And everything's going great. And then Isa is killed by a drone strike that was authorized by Vice President Walden. Uh, Walden says that any of the dead children shown were actually terrorists, which is a pretty realistic thing for an American president or vice president to say. Um, Brody's fucking pissed. We kind of find out the reason that Brody's about to do this. He, you know, he does have a just cause Walden and everyone else is a murderer, but really so is Carrie really is everyone Brody's interacted with and Brody, you know, they're all just as culpable, but nevertheless, the CIA figure out suit and tie Muslim. They're like, Oh, this guy, this guy did the switch up on us. Um, they really can't do anything because the guy's a diplomat for the Saudis. Also kind of realistic. Uh, Brody gets snatched and grabbed by Abu Nazir's dudes and they FaceTime with Abu Nazir. And Abu Nazir is like, don't fucking switch up on me. Come on, man. Like we were both there. They killed my son. You're going to you're going to run for office and you're going to win. You're going to do this for me. And just like that, next episode, Walden is like, Brody, we want you to be Eric Cantor. And Brody's like, absolutely. This is the best time of my life to run for office. They're, uh, the CIA is interrogating suit and tie Muslim, Saudi diplomat. Uh, they find out that he's, 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 he's got a planned meeting with Walker. Brody goes to Carrie's house for some reason and is like, hey, Hey, I'm going to be a representative. Um, there are more cabins in our future, but uh, you can't tell anyone. You can't tell anyone I I, I busted in you. I mean, that's like, that's pretty that realistic. I, uh, maybe not the CIA part, but like, you know, representatives busting in uh, random women. 
Uh, she's a little like old for a representative. Don't oh, that's you think? true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. I usually only thirty-four-year-old woman. Representatives usually only bust in like you know foreign uh, espionage uh, actors like the Maria Bettina lady or the was it Fang Fang or something? What was the fucking? Oh one yeah, that? The, the, the Chinese Swal- spy that Eric Cantor yeah. fucked. No, no, uh, Swalwell. Wait, or Eric Swalwell. Yeah. Eric Cantor on the brain. Which, by the way, Eric it was Swalwell. awesome. I mean, good for him. You know, he needs to. Doing a tough job. He needs to be able to get laid. She was hot too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why people are mad at her, <laughs> but not for Wait, me. Was she? Oh, she wasn't hot. Neither. Um, I don't think Maria Bettina nor uh, the the Chinese spy uh, was was. You know, they they weren't for me. They were not my. They're not sending their best. I think. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm 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 searching for her. Uh, I know this is like a huge digression. She just I, looks uh, like, like I'm just saying. She just looks like a normal lady. Like she just looks. Oh d- yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, this is just like a normal woman. He could have just gone on Bumble. What the fuck's going? On? Yeah, literally. Oh, wait, like- no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I saw. Oh wait, no, that's a different woman. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's not like neither of them are like ugly or busted but it is like it is funny it's like why couldn't you have like just gone on bumble i think like, i'm sure there's tons of women that would fuck eric swalwell yeah eric swalwell a, he's a he's a quirked though white boy he, he's goaded with the sauce you know what i mean like he's yeah he's got like a jock physique i don't know why he you know, i don't know what happened i mean i guess she was a big fundraiser for him too uh, early on you know so maybe that's how i don't know Anyway, this is this is a total random uh, aside. This is a here. total Sorry. digression. This is a total digression. I just want to say, Eric Swalwell, if you are listening, you would kill on Bumble. You get a lot. You you no spy woman would, yeah. would trick you. You just like fuck some cute normal women. But anyway, um, back to back to Homeland. There's like a complicated thing with a briefcase that I think I thought was very exciting when I watched this the first time, like almost like 10 years ago. And now like don't like like now it's just like I don't care about these characters. There's like a briefcase bomb, uh, suit and tie, evil Muslim dies, several innocent people do. Carrie gets a concussion. Saul comes to her in the hospital. Everyone's dream, right? Everyone's dream that, you know, someone that rebuffed you sexually, they visit you in the hospital and they're like, hey, all your crazy ideas, you were right about them. You know, what What? a, what a dream come true. Carrie is really, she's really ki- killing it. Unfortunately, uh, the suitcase bomb, it, it knocks something loose because Carrie's fucked up. She's manic as hell. Uh Saul has to stay with her at her house while she's just, you know, go back to some old Chicago slang. She's Carrie's tweaking. Carrie's uh. like got a green felt pen. She's going crazy. She's like, I'm Abu Nazir's here. He's fucking I fucked him, this guy in the cabin. And this guy, this guy got a briefcase from him. And Saul's like, calm your crazy ass down. But he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know you can just, if someone's having a bad trip, you can just give them a Xanax and it kills the trip. He's just, he thinks he has to be nice and like make her tea. And little does he know he's accomplishing nothing. Brody is, you know, doing campaign stuff. He's like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to some fucking battlefield. Uh, I'm going to get my picture taken with my family who has never been more alienated with me. Uh, but that is just, a, that's a pretext to meet with an Al-Qaeda guy. And he gets a suicide vest and it is, he's fitted up. This is like he went to Indochine and got tailored. This shit's, this shit's fucking glistening off of him. It's drip or die, drip and die. Uh, 
Carrie, through like the fog of her mania, kind of figures out the 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 timeline after Abu Nazir's son was killed that he may have like successfully flipped Brody. Uh, she calls Brody to try to talk about Isaac, try to talk about Abu Nazir, and that like unfortunately another CIA guy comes and is like Brody told me everything Brody told me that you fucked him that you spied on him that you spied on his family you're fucked you're suspended from the CIA tough and this is this is the penultimate episode this is where it all goes down Brody does a, a Walter White style video where he's like what's up I'm Brody I'm Muslim I'm so fucking mad at the at the vice president Walton i I did this I blew myself up He's 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 locked in. He's ready to go. All these guys are are at the State Department, including Walden for some, you know, bullshit sanctions package or something. And Brody's invited and Brody's tacked up with that vest on under his suit. Walker, we find out why he had the sniper rifle. He creates chaos. He does some DC sniper shit. He fucking blicks up three people with the PSG one creating chaos Brody, Walden, everyone, they're, 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 they're rushed into a bunker. They're like, it's going down. They're fucking, they're shooting people. Carrie's like, oh my God, that's what Walker's purpose was. That's why we had to think he was dead. We needed a really good snipe. I guess, I don't know why they needed like a great sniper to just kill three people randomly and created a problem. I guess they needed a guy who they flipped, but I don't know why they could, couldn't have just like gotten anyone, but that's neither here nor there. I guess it's just, they needed a B plot. So all these all these people are in a room with Brody, who's wearing the suicide vest. Carrie goes to Brody's house again and is like, "Look, I know you're really mad at me for the, everything, uh, but your your dad is about to he's about to drip and die. He's about to hit the suicide vest. He's about to take everyone to hell with him, including Walden." I did like this part. They show Walden to have an awful, disgusting family. Like the son is like a little fucking pervy cunt. <laughs> I did like that. Very, very, very realistic. Uh, but they're they're all about to die, it seems. Brody's about to fucking just go crazy. And his daughter calls him. And is like, Dad, like, please come home. Like, you know, we, we, we miss you. Everyone's safe. He doesn't do it. He doesn't, he doesn't fucking blow himself up. Everyone makes it out. Brody, now safely home has a rendezvous with Walker. I just want to point something out here, just to pause for a second, but, like, this is logistically incredibly unsound. As far as, like, assassination methods goes, I just, I feel like they took the longest way they could to the situation. Like, this is not, this is not the Al-Qaeda of, you know, 2001 that made the most out of box cutters, okay? This is, they're, they're unnecessarily complicating things a lot. In the minds yeah, of no. in the minds of the person who wrote the show. No, yeah, they. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that that's TV, right? You have to like fill time with B plots and shit. You know, you have to like the whole Walker B plot was just like, no, uh, we got a fucking hour to fill. Like, yeah, he, he didn't have to be a Walker congressperson thing. to like, or use a suicide vest <laughs> or blow himself <laughs> up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, but it's like you know, welcome to the magic of TV. That's all I can say. Yeah. You're you're really learning about Middlebrow, what makes Middlebrow TV Middlebrow. Um yeah, it's great. It's captivating. Yeah. But um, you know, he's Brody talking on the phone. He's like, Look, I know you're mad at me for not like 
killing all these guys, but like I'm so close now. Like I'm gonna win my I'm gonna win my election, and the next I can like kill the president. And Nazir's like, oh, all right, you know, Brody, you're my boy. Kill Walker, and he fine. It really does kill Walker this time. Carrie, meanwhile, uh, what 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 happens to people with imposter syndrome in the CIA? They give her uh, electroshock therapy, and right before she's about to be electroshock, she remembers Brody calling out Ice's name when he's in a post pussy coma when they're at the at, at, at the cabin. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, well, is she gonna remember that? Anyway, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, next season is all about Iran, and it's like Iran is working for Al-Qaeda, and Abu Nazir, like, comes to America. They, like, bring him to America in a fucking Amazon box. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, no, he's in America. Oh, he's going to be able to do more terror in America. Yeah, it's the, always, it's so much easier to do it when the mastermind is on, on site. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like a podcast live show versus, you know, whatever, but... um at the end of that season, the CIA headquarters get blown up and they blame Brody and Brody Brody ends up in. I, I wanted to remember the thing you said about how Muslims are portrayed because in season, the start of season three, Brody is homeless in Caracas, Venezuela and finds refuge with like good Muslims. And he's like, oh, yo, what's up? Yo, I'm, oh, I'm, Bro I'm Brody. Wait, I didn't watch this season, but I do know that like there is a tie back to Venezuela as well, right? Like this is, it is a pure axis of evil. Like it's just literally like, isn't it? Isn't it also like Venezuela is also a, a part of this? This, uh, you know, the, this uh, anti-American, uh, you know, collaborators that are harboring I resentment against America and like want to blow it up Muslim style. I think it's season four, but I didn't watch season four because season three is so ridiculous. I just want to go through what happens in season three. So yeah, he he's like, you know, they th everyone thinks he did the CIA thing, and he's like, go finds these Muslims' houses in Caracas, and it's like, what's up? I'm Brody. I'm the I'm the Muslim everyone's afraid of. Will you like harbor me? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then he did like he's there for a long enough time, and they're like, we just called the police. Like you're you're a disgrace to all Muslims. Like we're not we're against terrorism. We would never blow up the CIA. And then. I think the CIA just comes in and blows their brains out <laughs> and Brody who's like addicted. I think they show Brody is like being addicted to heroin. And then the CIA is like, okay, we're really mad at you, but you can make this right by detoxing from heroin in three weeks and becoming special forces shape again and going to Iran to kill like a Suleimani figure. And Brody goes there, the fucking CIA fire team, like, all die. Again, and much Brody, simpler, much simpler assassination methods as we saw with Suleimani, like, but, Literally, you know, yeah. Incredibly yeah, complicated is, for no reason. Yeah. This is, I mean, they, yeah, Brody's captured. Brody's like, I've been on your side the whole time. I've been on the side of Al-Qaeda and Iran, who are together always. And, uh... Yeah, the Iranians are like, we love Brody. Brody's a hero. And Brody like is like, well, I gotta make this right, and beats the Suleimani guy to death in his office with like a paperweight. <laughs> and they fucking they like publicly hang Brody, but then they the the guy who replaces Suleimani in Kuds Force is this guy that in the previous season Carrie and Saul got blackmail on, like an Iranian intelligence agent who like killed his wife. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, like six months later, like, the end of the season, 
Saul is like, uh, you know, Carrie, they're uh, they're saying that Iranian U.S. relations are better than they've ever been. We really, we really swept it. Yeah, <laughs> this show fucking sucks. This show is so fucking bad. The show is is basically perfect for uh, liberals who want to feel uh, the same kind of like anger and righteous uh, indignation towards Muslims that reactionary people feel. You know, it hits all the high notes. Americans are the good guys, but they're complicated and they do bad stuff, but they do bad stuff ultimately for a justifiable good goal. So you got identity politics. You have like a, a, a woman who's being disrespected for being a woman and also being neurodivergent. Uh, you know, she's right from the jump. She fucks up, but that's okay. We're all complicated people. The the Muslim villains are all collaborating and they're all under the umbrella of Islam, regardless of like their own complex geopolitical uh, and ongoing battles, uh, you know, battles that have gone on for hundreds of years. All of that doesn't matter. That actually is completely non-existent as a matter of fact. And they all collaborate against America and all of America's foreign adversaries are also uh, in on the fight uh, themselves. This, this complex web of, of anti-American uh, terrorists. They're all, they're all working together and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally everyone is stacked up against America. Everyone is trying to make the worst possible thing happen. And kind of the only way we can make it right. The only way we can make ourselves safe is to be as crooked and to kind of like, you know, believe our own lies to kind of be bipolar in the way that Carrie is and the way that, um, uh, the Brody kind of ends up being, you know, like going to Iran and being like, I defected and then like beating a guy to death with a fucking paperweight. We literally have to be delusional to, to really get this done, to really make the world safe. Just a fucking, uh, a real turd of a show. Um, it was a, definitely a pilot run on the sort of like id polarization of the CIA and intelligence. I would say that Zero Dark Thirty, a spectacularly boring, overrated movie, is the refinement of this. Um, altogether, um, the first two seasons, I would say, are like very competent thriller espionage writing, but you can literally ch just watch Justified. You want a thriller, an episodic thriller? Just watch Justified, man. You'll feel better. You My really dad will. loves Justified and shows like that, and he'd never watched Homeland, uh, but he knew a lot about it, and he immediately came over and spoiled it for me as soon as I was watching, while I was watching season one. He was like, you know, Brody, it fucking dies, right? Like, I don't know how they continue. He literally just sat down and was like, oh, you're watching this show? Brody dies. I was like, oh, thanks. I mean, not that I was going to watch <laughs> the rest of it, but like... <laughs> Still kind of messed up that he just ruined it. Um, Your dad has like the exact same taste in TV as I do. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. He loves, he loves watching trash TV. Did not watch this. Uh, did not, you know, he avoided it. I don't know why, uh, but uh, you know, he, he just didn't find it entertaining, I guess, but also still knew that Brody died. I don't understand how it went on for eight fucking seasons. It, after it, Brody like, died. Oh my god! It like really gripped like Natsek lives. Like they fucking love this, and then like I don't know. A lot of people who uh, it's hard to it's hard to describe. Like a middle brow show like this is like very exciting to watch because it has like way better performances than you would see on like an equivalent product on most basic cable or network. And like yeah, no, Claire Danes is a great actor. Uh, fucking Damian Lewis, amazing actor. Uh. 
everyone loves Mandy Patinkin, but it's sort of it 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 really it, it hides the shit flavor of what you're swallowing, and it it um they definitely like ran out of ideas midway through season two, and it became really fucking dumbed down and like kind of as stupid as twenty four. I would say, which I, mean, I also I found to synopsis. be a totally joyless show. Yeah, I looked at the synopsis of like the seasons post uh, season two. And on season three, it says, in the aftermath of the terrorist attack on Landley, Brody has fled the country. So we already talked about that. He's in Venezuela. And then Carrie is working as, as season four. Carrie's working as a CIA station chief in Kabul, Afghanistan, and later Islamabad, Pakistan. She oversees a botched drone strike on the suspected location of a terrorist mastermind. Then... Season five, two years after the events, Carrie's no longer an intelligence officer and is now working as the head of security for a private charitable foundation and its billionaire owner in Berlin. Like, so she does. I mean, it, there is some realism there, at least like there. She's moving into the private sector, doing defense or, or defense contracting work. And then after that, she goes back and she's um, she's working in season six living in Brooklyn, working at a foundation that provides aid to Muslims living in the United States. And also this season features season six features the first female president and occurs between election day and inauguration day. So in 20, the 2016 season leading up to 20, like the season that they shot in 2016 had a female president winning. So I think a lot of that absolutely signals exactly what the audience they're going for, which is like you said, Natsek libs. I just, um, all of this is like depressing and discouraging, but I want to especially point out how grossed out I am that they had her live in Brooklyn. Come on, guys. Can we not do that? They're ruining the sanctity. <laughs> we like, yeah, can we like avoid doing that? But hey, this is, this is, I guess that is sort of the genius of the show. It does track what like very enthusiastic like Obama bots and later, you know, whether they K hive or Pete heads or any of those, what they were into, it really tracks their interest. And it is, it's sort of the last gasp of a sort of like liberal open racism against Muslims. I guess it, you know, it still exists, but the thing is, the thing is more like you don't talk about them. You don't talk about or show that they, you know, live on dirt floors and you can't trust 80% of the types of ones you see and that the good ones just die. They get killed by by bad ones uh they're all weak or they're evil um but you just the way that racism shows is like uh, it's it's good to make your career by killing a ton of them that like reality winner who has like 500 bodies in the muslim world is somehow like a hero i guess that's how it shows but it's no longer as explicit as it was in homeland I don't know how big of a constituency there is for people who like legitimately. I think just like the normal position now is like the the maybe not the CIA as much. I don't think people think about the CIA that much, but uh, the FBI is like liberal and they're going after you know uh, white supremacist uh, you know Trump supporters and stuff. Which I mean, here and there they do that, but it's obviously never going to be like. It's 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 kind of like the CIA's like KKK operations versus like the way that they treated uh, the Black Panthers. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So it's never going to be anything but that. It's never going to be anything beyond that because like the CIA, I mean, the FBI itself is also uh, you know a white supremacist institution with like express white supremacist interests in its inception. So I I don't know how big of like a 
like how much people love the CIA and like the Natsik liberal audience or how big that audience is uh, beyond just like, yeah, they protect us. I think our agencies, like they're cool and they're supposed to be protecting us. Um, but would you say that the shows like the West wing for that all constituency, the constituency that I, all happens to be living in DC and Virginia and our defense contractors themselves. I don't know. I don't think like, I think, like, for the most part, Americans don't like thinking about the CIA and espionage. Like, I don't think that's really why people watch the show. I think that it had a secondary function for, like, the few very sick people in this country that would describe themselves as NATSEC watchers. But um, I think it's more that it was just, like, yeah, it's exciting middle-brow TV. Like, I know a ton of people who watched it whose, like, politics are, you know, definitely not where the show's at. They just found it, like, an exciting, like, middle-brow show. I like I I definitely found it that way at least in the first season when it came out. I I think those same people would probably after the last 10 years look back and watch this again and probably feel the same thing I did. But I don't yeah, I just think yeah, the constituency of Natsec watchers is so small that it it could never be profitable to expressly make a show for them, right? Yeah. Like that is just it's just not enough people. Yeah. I mean even then like the way to sell the CIA uh, as a uh, as an institution that that cares about like diversity and whatnot, like that audience that you are trying to uh, recruit from, like you, you don't want that audience to look too deeply into what the CIA is doing. You know no. what I mean? Because like they, if they're college educated liberals, like they're gonna at a certain point they're gonna have to recognize unless they're like deeply deeply racist. Or, uh, you know, coming from, like, very white supremacist reactionary backgrounds. Like, they're not going to... I don't think that the a person who uh, cares about the representation of, like, uh, people with disabilities in media is, is then going to be like, yeah, no, it's actually cool that we're, uh, I, I don't know, like, assassinating union leaders or uh, trying to drone strike uh, uh, strategic uh, targets in different countries that we have declared foreign adversaries. Or maybe yeah, no, I, I think, know. yeah, I think it'll just, it's like everything else. It's just like this thing that you never think about, like most Americans with foreign policy. It is yeah. just like, it is, yeah, that's our default. We never want to think about what's going on or what we may be culpable in. But I guess that also means like probably no more Homeland for a while. No more shows like this for like quite a while, or at least I think so. But hey, it could come roaring back. I hope they make. You one never know. With, yeah, no, they should make one with like, uh, uh, they should make one with the the Gretchen Whitmer uh, kidnappers. Yeah, <laughs> those dangerous operatives. Yeah, God, dude, that was awesome. When I was, yeah, when you were supposed to like take that really seriously. Yeah. Oh well. It, the worst part about it is that there are some really fucked up people out there. You know, you got the Atom Waffen people. You know what I mean? There's like definitely some fucking yeah. serious uh, Nazi. Uh, types that are you know ideologically positioned they they're they're they do you know i mean i get death threats from people like not like that but uh, definitely uh, people who larp as them regularly so on, on 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 the one side i recognize that like you know how do you deal with that what do you do how are you supposed to deal with that but then i do know how you're not supposed to deal with that and that is by i don't know things like other neurodivergent <laughs> white <laughs> anarchist dudes or whatever the fuck in the middle of nowhere that just are LARPing as like 
weekend warriors into uh, purchasing Tenorite and you know and getting guns Wait. so they can catch them in the act of doing something when you're the one who goaded them into doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I totally agree. Like, there are awful people out there in this country every day. Like, they know there are truly evil people who, like, want to do, like, violent things or, like, have done them. But, yeah, the more that we learn about how the FBI, the, con- the kinds of contact that they have with people who commit these acts a lot of the time, the more you wonder how much they're actually helping the problem. And, yeah, I don't know what the solution is, really. Like, a solution as far as like something that isn't like broad broad reaching in a sort of transformation of society but it does it does seem like our current methods of goading these guys into doing something so you can at best so you can get a big win is not very good is not smart is not helping anyone but you know if you're a carry yeah it's helping it's helping the fbi uh it's helping their budgets making them look good in the eyes of the media in the eyes of people that are like at least like kind of following along that watch msnbc but that's pretty much it uh, yeah no one talks about the whitmer guys anymore i think even like the like natsec watcher people realize those are just like fucking saps yeah <laughs> they were dopes well i mean they got fucked yeah it, look the rule of thumb is like if if your if your ci is doing like 70 percent of the conversation if he's engaged in like 70% of the logistics, like, then, you know, those guys weren't doing shit. They were not going to be able to do shit on their own. You, you're just, you know, you're, you're putting on a show. Yeah. I mean, those guys got indicted for, like, having a scary group chat, basically. <laughs> like, ah, what a bad situation. What a, what a bad security apparatus we built. That's depressing. There's no one even as, like, cool as Mandy Patinkin in there in real life, actually. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I just... I don't know. I, now I'm going to go back and watch the, the latest seasons because I, I want to see what happens to Carrie. I want to see. Just skip to season three. It's so funny. I want to see. I want to see season six when she's working for a foundation that provides aid to Muslims living in the United States. Like what? Like how that works? You know what I mean? Is she is she atoning for her uh, sins? Probably not. I suspect she's just like um, like one of those. It's like Majid Nawaz types. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like an a, ex-Muslim. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the other lady that's like season? anti-circumcision, anti-female circumcision? Oh, lady? oh, uh, 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 Ira, she fell off. I know who you're she talking really about. She really did. Though. A lot of those guys did because, but why do they fall off? Because no one cares anymore. Like it's it's kind of a faux pas. Like it's kind of like people just know that like it's 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 a no no to just like say these things now out and about like. Bill Maher doesn't even talk about it as much anymore. Like the whole, everyone's too focused on cancel culture now and how fucking woke yeah. the libs are or whatever to, to care about like how woke the libs were about Islam, like how, about how Barack Obama was a secret Muslim sympathizer. Yeah. And I guess like, yeah, that is kind of like a good closing note for this that like everyone you see like a, not everyone you see, I think that's a little too broad, but a lot of like a lot of the people you see who are like hectoring you about like vote like a black woman and refugees are welcome here up until like really, really up until like Donald Trump started talking about Muslims. They were just fine with like the most awful rhetoric and treatment of Muslims. 
by the Empire. Yeah. Just the well, fucking it's the same. It was it's the same totally with okay Matter. for a very long time. Yeah. It's the same with Black Lives Matter. Before Donald Trump came out against Colin Kaepernick, like even the Pod Johns were not very fond of BLM as a, as a movement. And this is like all retcon now. I feel like people just like totally forgot about this, but it, that was a turning point for BLM. Like BLM turning into, oh, obviously, uh, what we know it as now, which is a, a co-opted, completely commoditized uh, movement that isn't uh, what the actual movement is on the streets, obviously. But um, even but before we got to that stage, like it was still considered to be negative. And, and, yeah, and yeah, that was just only until they assassinated all the guys who actually like lived in Ferguson and shit. Oh, yeah. Once they well, killed those too. guys, they were, yeah. Once those guys were dead, it was like, okay, now we can, like, this is, this can be something that, like, Nike and, like, Gushers tweets about. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I, it's just like, I do think that liberals themselves are pretty, like, they are reactionary in that way, where they do operate on the, they do operate uh, on, on a reactionary uh, point of view, not only when it comes to, like, actual revolutionary movements or any sort of, like, radical, uh, any sort of radical activism that occurs on the ground, uh, their immediate predisposition is like, nope, don't do that. That's terrible. That's going to hurt our chances in the, uh, you know, in the midterms, or that's going to hurt our chances in the election cycle, uh, like the the Jim Clyburns of the world that say stuff like that, right? But also, they also react to like what conservatives are uh, stating as well. Like they they kind of find their own political ideology, or rather, uh, the the things that they claim to care about the movements that they're on board with uh, by, by what uh, movements the Republicans are against. Well, I mean like that is in that way, that's kind of like the cultural space that like something like Homeland or zero dark 30 occupies. There was like this internalization of Republican like war on terror rhetoric where it's like, Oh no, actually like we're going to do a better job in the war on terror than Bush. We're actually like, we care more. We're, we like we would have killed like more people in Afghanistan. We actually like Obama ran on like Afghanistan's the good war. I'm going to spend more resources there. And it's it was very clunky for a while. The first iteration of it was like John Kerry. Yeah. Uh, but Homeland is like it's the full refinement of that. And now, you know, everyone's done caring about it. No one gives a shit about the war on terror anymore. We're out of Afghanistan, and it's this this thing we'll never fucking think about, even though we are left with this fucking bloated security state, and you're supposed to, like, take your fucking shoes off and get blasted with x-rays every time you fly from, like, Chicago to Des Moines, and you cannot repair the lives of just the American Muslims who were spied on and entrapped and fucking... You had the FBI try to bully them into spying on their families who weren't even doing fucking anything... You can't undo that. You can't you can't get back the individual liberties that we lost. But it's just this thing that no one wants to think about. Uh, and the only way that you would know it's it would happen is by going to the airport or by going back and watching Homeland. Or looking at, I mean, looking at police departments, too. And, yeah. And see how fucking fat and inflated their budgets are, which was already happening. But the, I think it definitely, like, it definitely... Uh, you know, push it into it into the next level. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Go to or go to. Yeah. Any place in America. Like, look at mean, look at cops before. Look at cops on 9-11. Have you ever watched 9-11 footage? Oh, yeah. No, they just they're not they're tacked up. Yeah. They're like they're, they're not tacked up. 
Yeah, they're all they're all normal. They're not like operators. Like they're not normal, but like they they don't look like operators. Now cops, all cops are operators all the time, nonstop. Yeah, they started doing steroids during the war on terror more. Yeah, and that's like those are that that's the permanent mark that will stay there forever. <laughs> as like yeah. some of the some of the negative consequences of like one of the millions of different uh, negative consequences of the war on terror and like post nine eleven America. Yeah, and I and think Homeland. like some of it like will be rolled back, but it will be rolled back after like all the people who were adults during the start of the war on terror are dead. And it's it won't be a big ceremonious thing. It'll be like, you know, someone with no memory of this or no emotional connection to it either will be like, wait, like what the fuck? Like why are we it won't like why are we do we really need to do like the shoes <laughs> and then like just one day you won't have to do it and you you won't think about like why we had to do it, why we, you know, built the greatest security apparatus the world had ever seen. Yet all these things slipped through, and we still had to perform these ridiculous, humiliating actions. And so many people got their lives destroyed. But that'll, you know, that'll be that. And then we'll like probably half, at least half of them, will become permanent things that we never get rid of. And uh, it'll just be on to the next thing. The next thing will happen, and we'll make a fucking shitty show about that. And then hopefully have all these things that we just accept as another indignity in life. All I'm saying that's is... Li that's life. I want to end it on this note. I think that Gideon Raph, if he wrote Tyrant like a couple years after, it was too ahead of his, it was too ahead of its time. Like the Assad right. sentiment had not like fully uh, fleshed out. Like people just didn't care, I think, when he first popped off with it. When it came out, do you remember like around the time... It came out in 2012. It came out like a year after Homeland did. And... Around that time, there was like a big thing about Obama talking about the red line in Syria, right? And all these Republicans in Congress were like, no, like, fuck you. You're not like, we're not getting involved in Syria. And there was like this viral picture of this guy in the U.S. Navy with his face and like name tag blanked out. He was holding up a sign that was like, I didn't sign up for the Navy to do provide uh, artillery support for Al-Qaeda, which was... You know, it's one of those things where it's like, actually, like, that kind of is your job. <laughs> it's like <laughs> literally the type of shit we do. But, um, I mean, I, I think, like, the uh, the country seemed, like, very against it. I don't care what polls say. People just seem very against it. But, um, son, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Hasanabi or on Instagram at Hassan D. Piger or on Twitter at Hassan the Hun. Um, that's where I'm at. I'm mostly just on Twitch, though, all day, every day. For, like, the few people that don't know you, we will put, like, links to everything and links to the your podcast in the description of the show. So oh, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. My pleasure. This will not stand, this aggression against uh, Kuwait. It's relentless pursuit. We will make no distinction. The USS Cole was attacked while refueling in the port of... This was an act of terrorism. It was a despicable and cowardly act. The next time we're going to swing for you, is one of the good old days. He told something stops him. I'm just making sure we don't get hit again. I'm trying to fight you, man. I guess you got this already. We're going to be crashing the world trade. We must and we will remain vigilant at home and abroad. Yeah. سبب التنافس المحلي الذي سيغير